Man, I'm going to jump into our sermon series, The Bible's Legit. You guys have been taking a lot of notes, right? All right, go ahead, pull your notes out. Go ahead, pull your Bibles out. We're going to jump into week two of The Bible is Legit. So for those of you that don't really do church a lot, uh, we kind of wrap around uh, a certain area of talks. So like last week, we started off this idea of explaining how the Bible's legit. Anybody was encouraged after last week? Anybody encouraged? Awesome. So that was last week. This week is part two of, of a series of talks, um, basically with the foundation that the Bible is legit. Um, man, who's excited for 21 days of prayer and fasting? Who's excited for that? I'm going to explain all that at the end. Man, I'm running out of time because we were partnering too hard. Uh, let's get straight to it. Last week, I gave you three reasons why the Bible's legit. I'm going to go over it, all right, really quickly. I'm going to just give you the three points, and I'm going to jump into number four. So um, if you're here tonight, you say, man, I wasn't here last week. Um, our podcast, Will, can you throw up the podcast really quickly? Um, if you have an iPhone or an Android, there's a podcast app. You can search us up, OU slash MBYA, and you'll actually pull up our, our podcast, and you, you'll get to hear last week's sermon. Um, pull up our, our Instagram, too. If you have Instagram, um, just go to our Instagram bio on that Instagram tag right there. Our bio takes you straight to the podcast. So if you missed last week, go ahead and uh, follow up with us. But So last week, number one, we said the Bible is historically legit. You guys remember that? Historically legit. So we looked at the Bible not only through the eyes of a Christian, but through the eyes of just a realist, right, of, of any person that believes in, in, in structure and systems. We said, listen, the Bible is historically legit. Second, we said the Bible is scientifically legit, right? How many, how many, how many uh, myths we debunked last week? If people just looked in the Bible years earlier, they would have gotten the answers. And third, we said the Bible is prophetically legit. Tonight, we're going to start with point number four of how the Bible is legit. And we're going to jump into it. Number four, it is thematically legit. Go ahead and write that down. I'll, I'll wait. Beautiful. It's thematically legit. And, and thematically, <clears throat> if you look at the root word, it, it's theme. So the theme of the Bible is legit, the theme. I don't know if you know this, but the Bible was written by over 40 people. Did you know that? It, it was, I was written. <laughs> I was written by over 40 people. <laughs> it was written by over 40 people. So what does that mean? That means when you look at the Bible, you're not looking at one person writing. You're looking at 40 people writing the Bible. 40 people scripted it together. And, and did you know that in the span that the Bible was written, it was over a period of 1,600 years. So you have 40 writers. Yeah, that's a whoa moment right there. Whoa. You have 40 writers. And then it's written over a 1,600-year span. And it's not like these people live, like, next door. It's not like the writers of the Bible, they lived in the same community or went to the same high school. The, the, the people that wrote this Bible were scattered throughout 12 nations and three continents. So, so they weren't even together. It's not like these, these are like stories passed down from like person to person and family to family. These are people, right, 40 people writing the Bible, 1,600 year span. They're all spread out throughout 12 nations and three continents. And what's crazy is, is that none of the Bible contradicts itself. They all write about the same person, and none of it contradicts. Man, that right there stands on its own. Like, you don't have to hear last week's sermon. If you just heard that, 
which is the absolute truth. You can literally leave this room tonight saying the Bible is legit. There's no way that 40 people over a 1,600-year span spread out through 12 nations and three continents can literally write about Jesus and none of it contradict each other. And, and you might be saying, man, it's impossible for man to do that. It is impossible. But that's why we believe that the Bible is God-breathed. That the Bible is spiritually connected to God. That, yeah, there are people who wrote it, but it's inspired by God. We believe that the scriptures that you hold, the Bible that you have, is inspired by God. And what's crazy is that the theme of the Bible, it, it's, it, it never contradicts, it, ne it never clashes. And I want to read to you a verse. This is what Jesus is saying in Luke chapter 24, verse 27. Jesus said it to them. Y'all so thick-headed. That's a new way to diss somebody. If you ever, you, you slow-hearted. It's like the nicest way to insult someone. You slow, you slow-hearted. Why can't you simply believe that the prophet said? Don't you see that things, these things had to happen? We continue to ring. That the Messiah had to suffer and then only enter his glory. Then he started at the beginning with the books of Moses and went through all the prophets, pointing out everything in the scriptures that referred to him. So Jesus is talking to a group of people. He's like, listen, what do you mean the Bible's not about me? Let me break it down for you. And it says in Luke that he, he's discussing with people, and he breaks down the Old Testament, the book of the prophets, everything with Moses. Moses scripted the first five books of the Bible. Then he says the prophets. That's the rest of the Old Testament. The entire Old Testament, Jesus is saying, listen, let's go through each book. I'm going to show you where I am in the scriptures. The beauty about your Bible is that Jesus is in every book of your Bible. Did you know that? Jesus is talked about. Jesus is prophesied of. Jesus is mentioned. Jesus is pointed to in every single book of your Bible. And none of it contradicts. And I'm not talking about prophecies that are like, man, there's going to be a dude coming and he's going to be good. He's going to be great. He's going to have long hair. That's kind of, you know, that's kind of easy to predict. I'm talking about specifics. Like, he's going to ride into, into a city on a donkey. Like, that's that specific. He's going to be from a, a virgin birth. We said last week, they mentioned that he was going to be crucified. When they mentioned that in the Bible, crucifixions weren't even thought of yet. They weren't killing people like that. The, the, way, of, the way to crucify somebody came in the Roman Empire. The people who wrote that Jesus would be crucified was before the Roman Empire. They weren't even killing people like that yet. And none of it contradicts, and none of it clashes. Really quickly, I want you to hold your hands out real quick, if, you, if you're able to. Just put your stuff down. Hold your hands out like this, like, I'm, like God's about to put something in your hands. And I want you to say these words. Say, the word is legit, and it's for me. Come on, can we say that with just a little bit more power? Can we believe that tonight? Come on, just make this as spiritual as possible. Come on, say, the word is legit. And it's for me. Listen, your Bible is thematically legit. None of it contradicts. 40 plus authors, 1,600 year span, 12 nations, three continents, all pointing towards Jesus. That's number four. It's thematically legit. Number five, one of my favorites. It's legit because Jesus trusted it. You know that? It's legit because Jesus trusted it. 
And this goes to all the Christians that say, man, I believe in Jesus, but I don't know about, about that old book called the Bible. Man, I'm down with Jesus. I'm down with his teachings. I'm down with the idea of Jesus. Man, when it comes down to that book, man, I don't know about it. Listen, you can't trust Jesus and not trust the Bible because Jesus trusted the Bible. You can't say, I trust in Jesus and open up to a book and I don't trust that. Because whenever you talk to Jesus, whenever people talk to Jesus, as we read in Luke, what did Jesus do? Jesus pointed people right back to Scripture. So if you trust in Jesus, listen, he trusted in the Bible. If I'm going to trust in Jesus, then I'm going to trust in the Bible. If you're going to trust in Jesus, then you have to trust in what he trusted. He trusted in the Bible. It says in Matthew 5, 18, it says, For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of the pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. That's crazy. Not even the smallest letter in the Bible will pass away. Not even the book that people don't really read, not, that won't fade away. That's not going nowhere. Until everything is fulfilled in that Bible, nothing will pass away. So those are the people that say, man, you know what? I, I believe in Jesus, but the Bible, man, is super outdated. You ever heard people tell you that? It's an old book. Things have changed. You still believe in that stuff? And, and, and when people talk like that, they really don't understand the Bible because the Bible stands on its own. Truth is always truth no matter what. And here's the truth. You ready? I shouldn't change the Bible to fit my life. I should fit myself to fit the Bible. I should not take the Bible and filter it out just so it could be applicable to me and my friends. Man, I want to be the type of believer that adjusts my mentality, that adjusts the way I see things, that adjusts the way I see life. And I want to adjust myself to fit into the Bible, but I'm never going to adjust the Bible to fit into my life. You know what you do? You, when, when you believe a part of the Bible and not the whole Bible, you're creating your own religion. You're creating your own idea of who God is. But man, I want to be the type of Christian that believes the whole Bible because I believe in the whole entire Jesus and he trusted the entire Bible. If you believe what you like in the Bible and you don't believe what you don't like, it's not the Bible that you trust but yourself. If you believe what you like in the Bible and you don't believe what you don't like, then it's not the Bible that you trust. You're actually trusting yourself. When you say, I believe some of it, but I don't trust all of it, what you're doing is you're putting God into a box and you're saying, I'm going to control my life up until this point. God, you can take over. In other words, God, I'm going to trust you up until it comes to the whole sin thing. Up until it comes to the whole love my neighbor as myself. So many Christians, they get caught in a fork in the road because there's a difference between knowing the Bible and believing the Bible. There's a difference between knowing the word and believing the word. When the word says, listen, turn the other cheek, oh, that's hard sometimes. You're putting a crossroad where you, where what you know and what you believe, they're clashing. You know that sex before marriage isn't all right, but, but, but what you believe is different. You know about the Bible, but what you believe and how you act contradicts itself. That's, that, that's, that, that's that, that friction that goes on in your life. When you know the Bible and you, and you trust the Bible, but you don't trust the whole Bible. And, 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 and you don't believe what you don't like. And, and what happens is that's not the Bible that you trust. 
It's actually this yourself that you're trusting. And then you got the people that read the Bible and they say, I just don't get it. I honestly just don't get it. I don't get it. And I understand you. But not understanding something doesn't give you a reason to not act upon it. If you have a right heart and you really believe in Jesus and you honestly don't get the Bible, you're still going to take steps on trying to figure out the thing. But you're not going to close your Bible and walk away because that shows where your heart is at. For example, I don't know how planes work, but I get on planes. I don't know how it works. I don't know how planes fly. I just know I make, I say the sinner's prayer every time. I, Lord, fasten your seatbelts. I'm like looking around. Lord, I don't know how this thing is going to take off. I don't know how this thing is going to land. You don't stop going on airplanes because you don't get how it works. I don't understand how the digestive system works. I still eat, though. You better stop. Amen. I don't understand how my body breaks down food. I'm still eating, though. I don't know how elevators work. I ain't going to walk up to the sixth floor, though. I'm not going up the stairs. No, not today. Let the devil know not today. I'm not taking those stairs. I'm going to take the elevator. I don't know how elevators work. But even if I don't know how it works, I can still be able to trust it. And, and, and some, it's a lame excuse to not know the Bible. That's why you don't trust it. It's a lot of things you don't know that you trust in this world. There's a lot of things that we do that we really don't really understand completely, but we still throw our lives onto it. And, man, I just want to open your eyes today to see that, man, I trust the Bible because Jesus trusted the Bible. And if Jesus trusted the Bible and I trust Jesus, then I trust the Bible. I trust it. I don't have to understand everything to be able to trust it. That's why there's something called faith. That's why there's something called faith, y'all. Faith is what pushes you when fear and doubt comes into your equation. When God is calling you to walk on water, but you don't understand, well, you do understand that you can't walk on water. When God is telling you to be different in your school, but you don't really know what that looks like. You've never seen a real Christian in, church, in your school before. You've seen real, anybody ever seen a real Christian in church before? You ever seen them before? Yeah, I see a bunch of y'all right now. Man, some of those real Christians in, in, in church don't really follow through in school. And, and that, you know what that does? It builds up, it builds up this mentality that, that man, maybe, maybe this whole thing isn't really legit. Maybe the Bible isn't really changing people. And that's a lie of the enemy. Does anybody have faith in the room tonight? Anybody got a little bit of faith? Man, I, I hope after the sermon series, we're just diving into the Bible like never before. Because what, what this is going to do is, it's going to push you. It's going to push you. Right now, the middle school and high school climate, the social climate in middle school and high school, it's, it's, a, it's pretty dangerous. I mean, in the world itself. The world is saying, do whatever you want, do whatever you feel, love whoever you want to love, everything is okay. And what happens is, that's okay. You know, I'm not going to be the type of person that's, you know, all up in the lunchroom holding up a sign saying, y'all going to hell. I'm not going to do that. But I'm not going to let their mentality seep into minds either. I'm not going to let the mentality of the world seep into my ability to see how what's right and what's wrong. Listen, if you don't, want, if you don't really know what's a sin and what's not a sin, I need you to open up your Bible. Listen, this is, awesome. this is awesome. There's no sin. There's no issue. There's no problem that is not in the Bible. Everything you're going through, somebody went through it. 
Every struggle you're going through, it's in your Bible. Every word you feel like, you God, I need a new, fresh word, it's in your Bible. The Bible, that's how God speaks. That's how he speaks to you, through the Bible. Number six, I love this one. It's legit because it survived. It is legit because it survived. And you're, and you're asking, why does the Bible have to survive? I, I ask that question. Why, why does it have to survive? You know, when I look at the Bible, I, I, I have to acknowledge the fact that in every century in humanity, there have been people that have denied the Bible. There are people that try to put the Bible away, kill Christians. Literally, through every single century of human existence, there's been a group. There's been an actual direction that is going against Christianity and going against the Bible. I don't know if you knew this, but the Bible, it's the most debated, denied, disputed, dissected, and destroyed book ever. That's a good time to throw that slide up. Or not. The Bible, it's the most debated, denied, disputed, there we go, dissected and destroyed book ever. Does that blow anybody away? The Bible, listen, you thought you had problems. (laughs) The Bible got some problems. If the Bible can speak, open me up, boy. I've been through way too much for you to be having me in your back pocket. You better read me. Sounds like a psycho ex-girlfriend. Boy, what you doing, bro? What's up? I'm here. I ain't going nowhere. You know how many people ran through me? You know how many people threw me aside? You know how many people tried to throw me away? You ain't gonna just glance over me. You better read me. I wish the Bible could talk sometimes. Open me up! Because I got something good and the world tried to take it away. Listen to me. I think the Bible... And everything that has gone through points to its validity. The fact that in all times, people have literally tried to destroy it, debate it. It's the world's most selling book ever. Did you know that? The most bought book, the most read book in human history is the Bible. Man, if there's going to be a book that is literally the words of God, man, it's going to be the Holy Bible. It's going to be that. And I think it's the most... It's the most denied, destroyed, debated, dissected, and disputed. Why? Because the enemy is literally trying to come against the words of God. You see, when, the, when God speaks to you, something has to happen. God, God took dirt and, 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 and he breathed into it, and, and here comes Adam, and here comes Eve. God looks into the universe, says, he says, let there be light, and there was light. There's something about the word of God that something has to happen. So you know what the enemy wants to do? The enemy wants to destroy, deny, dissect, and dispute the word of God before it even enters your ears. You know how many people have a misconception about the Bible before they even read it? What? That's crazy. You know how many people have a false perception of church until they show up? Man, I didn't know y'all was all about love. What are you talking about? If you would just read your Bible, do you know who we serve? We serve Jesus Christ. The friendliest person ever. The Bible says that everywhere Jesus went, there was a group of kids. Listen, you cannot be a boring person and always have kids around you. This guy sucks. They walk away. But man, to always be with kids around, you got to hit one of these. You know what I mean? You got to be a fun person. You got to hit one of those. 
if you got children following you all the time, they love Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. You know what I mean? Man, I feel like the church is, is the church nowadays is running away from the image of Christ. Listen, Jesus was fun. Jesus was lit. Jesus was amazing. Jesus was friendly. Jesus was loving. Jesus sat with sinners. Man, you better never say you feel uncomfortable because there's a sitter next to you in church. I'll probably hit you. I'll probably hit you. Go through Instagram. Look at this Christian. Look what they're doing. Look how they look. What are you talking about? What is your focus? You sound like a Pharisee. Stop it. You know who Jesus was? Jesus' reputation was in the dirt because of who he was chilling with, because of who he's sitting with. The, the religious people at the time said, man, look at Jesus sitting with prostitutes and tax collectors. Jesus didn't care about his reputation. He cared about the people's soul. The Bible is legit because it survived. What's through a lot. It's been through a lot. I got some stories to tell. And man, the Bible never went away. The Bible stood strong. It says in 1 Peter, it says, The grass withers and the flowers fall. The word of the Lord endures forever. Anybody believe that? It endures forever. There's a, there's a famous dude. I don't know if you know this dude in, in your history books, but he's a French dude. His name is Voltaire. He's so awesome, he only has one name. It's Voltaire. It's like jean but Voltaire. So they just chose Voltaire. He's literally believed. Check this out. I know we got like back to school, but you know, history. He's literally believed to be the smartest man to ever walk this earth. Like, he's widely accepted as, like, the wisest man ever. His name is Voltaire. And you know what he said about the Bible? The wisest man ever to walk. You know what he said about the Bible? This is what he said. Let's throw it up. He said, within 100 years, the Bible will be forgotten. He said that. The, the, one of the wisest men, widely accepted as the wisest man. He, he said, man, this makes no sense. A book from raised up from rebels that destroyed the Roman Empire by some dude who is dead, these things ain't going to last that long. I'll give it 100 years. You know what happened when he died? His Bible became, his, his house became legit the, the Bible transcribing place for, for the French. They literally translated the Bible in his house. And, and you know, I don't know if in 100 years people are going to know Voltaire, but I know they're no Jesus of the Bible. Because the Bible is not going anywhere. The Bible's not moving. The only thing forgotten is this dude's, that quote right there. That's the only thing that's forgotten. The Bible's still here. People are still getting saved. Did you know that on Friday night since we started, a year and six months ago, we've seen over 400 people say yes to Jesus? Did you know that? In less than two years, on Friday night, you've seen 400 people say yes to Jesus. They're buying life journals. They're opening Bibles. And they're reading about the Jesus of Israel. Here's where we're at, y'all. You're either going to be following the word or following the world. That's where it's at. That's, that's, that's the bottom line. It's either going to be the word or the world. Man, I want to be the type of Christian that says this. I will have a life built on this book. My life is going to be built on the Bible. Not on what people say. Not on what society says is okay. Not on what society says about marriage. 
not what society says about what is right, what's wrong. I'm going to build my life on the Bible. I want everybody standing up. Number seven, the last, the last one is that the Bible has transforming power. Anybody believe that? The Bible, I'm asking the worship team to come up. Let's sing Let There Be Light. That's my jam. My God. When y'all play that, I go crazy. Somebody say transforming. I want everybody in the room to say that. I feel like this section is a little low tonight. Let's say transforming. The Bible has transforming power, meaning that before you read your Bible, there's actually a state that you're in. And after you read the Bible, you'll end up being different. It says in John chapter 8. Let's read together. It says, then Jesus turned to the Jews who had claimed to believe in him. So, so Jesus turning to new birth on a Friday night who claimed to believe in him. Jesus is looking at the, our youth service on a Friday night. And this is what he said. He said, listen, if you stick with this, living out what I tell you, living out my word, living out my Bible, if you stick with this, you are my disciples for sure. Then you will experience yourselves the truth and the truth. Shall set you free. There's a misconception in church nowadays. Because you can be in here, put the first part of that verse up. You can be in here and, and, and not be a disciple. You can be in here tonight believing and knowing about Jesus and not really sticking with it. And there's a misconception in church today that you could just be here and everything's okay. Listen, I believe there's something miraculous that happens when you get to church. And you get around people of faith, and it's going to push you, and it's going to elevate you, and it's going to literally lift your spirit. That's what, that's what church is. But man, I also believe that you got to stick with what's happening, and you got to be a disciple of Jesus. Because here's the truth. Sometimes new believers, they, they follow Jesus, but then they want the Bible to bend to them. And instead of them sticking to Jesus, they want the Bible to stick to them. Lord, I still want to do everything I did in the world. Lord, I still want to love whoever I want to love. Lord, I still want to do everything I want to do. And I want Jesus to just give me grace at the end of the day. That's a misconception. I feel like you missed it. I feel like you missed the story of Jesus. It has transforming power. It says the next part of that verse. It says, what happens? When you experience it for yourselves, the truth, you will be set free. In other words, until you stick with the word of God, until you experience the word of God, it's possible to be in church and still be in chains. That's a possibility. Every head bow back close. That's a possibility. To be in chains and to be worshiping. To be in chains and to still be here on a Friday night. Come on, I believe the Holy Spirit is in this room right now. Jesus is roaming around the room. Come on, he's breathing in you. He's breathing in you. He's breathing in you. All over this room. Listen, if you're here tonight and you haven't said yes to Jesus on the count of three, I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to God. Come on, all over this room. If you want to say yes to Jesus for the very first time, the Bible says, listen, to be saved, all you got to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart and you'll be saved. On the count of three, if you want Jesus, I want you to shoot your hand. Ready? One, two, three. Shoot your hand to this guy. Shoot it up. Shoot it up. Shoot it up. Shoot it up. One, two, three, four, five. Put your hand down. I want you to grab the hand of the person next to you. Come on, grab the hand. Quick, quick, quick. 
We don't have that much time. We don't have that much time. We don't have that much time. Come on, everybody now say Jesus. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say Jesus. I repent of my sins. And I accept you as my personal Savior. Write my name in the book of life. I trust your Bible. Transform me. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. Can somebody make a little bit of noise tonight?